0: Russell's Reserve, age tenure, and then mixed with a fine Bluebird ride on the line in Phil Kaidel.
1: Mm.
0: Russ mm. and Phil. What's up? Delicious. Welcome to the flagship the flagship show of the network. Thanks for having me. Thanks
1: for having me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we all just exist tonight. This is good. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I you know, before we get started, I think it's amazing. Phil Phil went from uh, being on Crossing Broad FC Uh, and then we went on a hiatus over the summer. And now this makes the uh, third show that Phil has been on in the better part of a week between an appearance on Crossed Up as well as It's Always Soccer in Philadelphia. And now he finds himself on the flagship show following a, uh, I don't know, a disappointing Eagles loss. We didn't do a show after week one when they won because that would have just been too positive. So, of course, we're back here after a loss in uh, week two. But like every Homer fan has said on Twitter... You know what happened the last time the Eagles
0: started a season one and one and lost in week two? They won the Super Bowl. So here we are. People are so simplistic. People are so simplistic and want to cling on to that stuff. Um, actually, I don't mind it. I think uh, I think all the negativity today is like we're. I, I wrote it last week. Even even the writers uh, and Cataldi bef- Either I think it was right before the first game they were ready to jump all over uh, Doug Peterson for the piss poor preseason. And, you know, we're going to be in full Negadelphia mode. We, I think we were by the end of the first middle of the first middle of the first drive, maybe today, uh, if you want to call it a drive. Uh, I think people are totally ridiculous trying to overreact to a team that was uh, is basically playing without its what, his its best offensive player, its best offensive playmaker and its best wide receiver. And granted, two of those guys weren't here for the Super Bowl, and they could be better. And you know, whatever. There was a, there was a. It just started off poorly on a one-off play, and Jalen Mills had a horrible game. And you know, you're gonna lose some games. Obviously, the Bucks are better than we thought. A lot of people thought the Bucks were gonna be really good last year, and I tweeted today maybe it's just Jameis Winston who's not good because they have some genuine receiving options that are that are very good. So. It is what it is. I don't think it's a panic loss by any any stretch of the imagination. The Eagles' defense is still going to be very good, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm going to have trouble to have a take other than just talking about the game.
1: Phil, you have some takes? Yeah, well, I have a take for you. I think that what we saw this afternoon was sort of a continuation of what we saw in the Super Bowl. Um, Nobody runs on this team. You're not even going to try, really. But you can throw on them. I mean, Brady did in the Super Bowl, right? And Matt Ryan didn't have a terrible game last week, except once he got inside the 20, he couldn't find anybody. And now you've got Magic and he's hitting everything that's open. And apparently, Deshaun Jackson, who sometimes isn't the most motivated guy you ever knew, uh, was very, very motivated to come back and stick it to the Eagles once again, because you know his beef with the Eagles is much more important than anything else that's going on in the world at any given time. So yeah, he hits a home run like he tends to do on the first play of the game, and it changes the entire complexion of the game. Whatever your game plan was offensively, you know, establishing the run or mixing run pass or whatnot, they don't have a successful first drive and you're back on your heels and and there's your game. But no, this is not time for panic, uh, not by any stretch.
2: The only thing that I think was more wide open in Tampa Bay than the receivers for Ryan Fitzpatrick were the uh, was probably the zipper on his track jacket that he wore to I the, uh, the post-game post conference. Uh, by the way, I, I, I have to say, I know that a lot of people don't like Ryan Fitzpatrick or whatever, and, and I know Kyle is not too keen on the uh, the Fitz Magic thing, but I got to say, man, like, he is living his best life and channeling the best Conor McGregor he can, and he's doing it well. I think the beard he's looks awful with the helmet and i know it's like a stupid take I, I know i shouldn't get worked up about like how a beard looks on a quarterback but like i think it looks dumb i think it's something that i expect to see from an offensive lineman i'm like all right yeah he's hard-nosed man yeah he's he's down there in the trenches this is great but i don't know something about fitzpatrick with the beard i don't like it but post game man he he really does look like he's
0: uh Connor mcgregor's you know long-lost brother i kind of like it i i have no problem with the beard Um, I do think from a practical standpoint, the helmet strap appears to obviously not fit his chin snugly, which to me seems like a safety issue. But, uh, again, that that's maybe the dad side of me coming out. Um, I, I don't look, stop sucking off Fitz magic, everybody. Okay. He had a big week late. Everyone has a big week in New Orleans, even with their supposed improved defense. It's not like some crazy thing that he went and had a big week against New Orleans. Now, today, impressed. Not going to lie, impressed. The first play of the game... You know, it's not a fluke. It was just a well-drawn-up play, and you had Deshaun Jackson just, you know, got wide open. Any professional or college quarterback could have completed that throw. But, like, stop sucking the guy off. They kept showing that thing. He's been around. He's a veteran six times, six different teams against the Eagles. Yeah, you know why you're a quarterback and you play for six different teams? Because you stink. Like, you're just good enough to exist in the league, but you're, like, I don't know. Just stop uh, it with the speculation. He didn't exactly have
2: stuff. He didn't exactly have the uh, the greatest receiving core in, in Buffalo. He had what Sammy uh, but, Watkins. I mean
0: Okay, you're not okay, I, I'm, Look, uh, I'm like, sorry. Like, like I, I was of, kind of the, of to, the well, suck off of Fitzpatrick today keep, from from, you keep from the barbers that. from the brothers from the brothers barber. Well, of course the barbers. He's uh, uh, really this. getting under my skin. Like he's just not a good quarterback. He's experiencing a couple of fluke games in a row. Uh, the same way Nick Foles has done multiple times throughout the course of his career. The same way Coy fucking Detmer has done. The same way A.J. Feely has done. I mean, name me a backup who hasn't had a little stretch. Matt Castle. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, like, I could just... Um, um, the other guy from the Patriots who filled in a few years ago and then got traded. I mean, it happens. Like, stop it. It's no no big deal. You're upset. No- I'm not you're upset. I'm upset just, today. it's you so are. dumb. But it's no, so, it, like, it's like, look, well, look,
2: you've got to, you got to look at, at the makeup of the broadcast team today as well.
0: Um, so you got Kenny Dreadful. Albert. Kenny Dreadful. Albert By is, the way, not a person. I don't think it's possible for Kenny Albert to be more of an ugly person than he is. Oh, uh,
2: that's, you're, you're really on fire
0: today. You are <laughs> lashing
2: look, out. He's, like, he's, Kenny, he's is this, is, like is this like, like all un- the frustration of having like a, a baby that keeps you up at night? Like raising two kids now, now you're like starting to feel that pain. Is that what's happening to you? Because you've you've gotten a lot more jaded since the last time we spoke. No, but, uh but like look, Kenny Albert is somebody who I'm used ugly. to I'm I'm used to like hearing in mediocre performances, although it's typically like a midweek performance of the Flyers going up against like Henrik Lundqvist. That's pretty much uh, Kenny Albert's exposure to Philadelphia at this point. Um but the Barbers, like, of course is gonna be a homer. Ronde played for the Bucs, and of course Tiki's not gonna wanna, you know, give the Eagles any credit. He played for the Giants. So like none of this isn't entirely surprising, but uh, it did take me, this is the embarrassing part, so I missed the first, probably first eight minutes of the game, uh, driving back from, from my parents' place, and um, I didn't make the connection immediately that both barbers were there. I thought that they were doing uh, Tiki, like, calling the color commentary from the sideline, and then I was like, oh wait, that's right, he has the twin, and then when I saw, I'm like, the Tiki, uh, the Tiki hat, like, the, remember it was, it was kind of like the Saragusa thing, thing. like, right? Like, Saragusa used to do that on a lot of Ravens games or whatever, but, um, yeah. It was,
0: and it captured the collision.
2: Yeah. With yeah. I mean, it actually oh, that was, came okay. in handy. Let's talk about the collision really quick. Bef- the, can I just that,
0: one last thing on Ronda Barber? Yeah, go ahead. It, I don't subscribe to the, this guy hates this team announcer thing. I think that is, I don't think Troy Aikman calls Eagles games any differently. I don't think Joe Buck hates any team. I hate that. I hate that narrative.
2: Collinsworth. I, Everybody, uh, going right. oh, okay. everybody, a penis hit, I, don't th- I, don't think, him. I don't think Collinsworth hates the Eagles. I think that's that's also I think, stupid. I just think he,
0: he's You're you're right, he doesn't hate the Eagles. He's just grating to the nth degree. <laughs> Ronde Barber, I it's not I don't know if he was unprepared. I think he's just dumb. Like, first of all, as an announcer, it, And in that weird thing just after uh, before two minutes when they declined the penalty oh, and I think most of us were under the assumption that a decline penalty would keep the clock running. Yep. Like, that's something a fan is like, shit, I got to Google that. And Rondé Barber basically said it on the air. Hmm, I guess I should know. That. Yeah. Announcer School 101, don't say, I guess I should know that on the air when we're actually looking to you for the answer. And but when I, you probably have all, six
2: producers in your ear who are, you know, barking exactly, at you. And a referee. Who would have, who
0: would have filled you on in call 15 seconds? Yep. Uh-huh. But all game, he was he was just off. He was just saying dumb stuff all game, both ways. Both teams. He was just saying weird, like just weird things.
2: It was like it's listening to Reggie Miller call a national basketball game.
0: Pretty much, like everything he said, I was just like,
2: or Kevin that McHale,
0: that's wrong. Yeah. And it wasn't pro or minus Eagles. It was just like, no, what are you watching? No, Phil,
1: did you like? Uh, did you like the barbers? Well, I make the point, and Kyle sort of alluded to this already. I mean, would you rather have had Joe Buck and Troy Aikman? Taking a lit cigar and running it into a wound on your arm the entire game the way the Eagles were playing that would have been really terrible to handle. <laughs> I mean, the Eagles basically brought a performance that was commensurate with the talent level in the booth. I, they didn't mean to do it that way, but that's exactly how it felt. I mean, as as a fan, after you've watched them win the Super Bowl and you know they open the season on Thursday night with uh, Michaels and, and Collinsworth and it's you know big time and and huge production. Uh, and then you got to go down to Tampa, right? And they send that broadcast team and it's completely deflated and compared to whatever thing that's come before it, it's just not the same. It's almost like they played down to the level of the import of the game in the grand scheme, if that makes any sense.
2: Can I really mm-hmm. quick like take us way off the rails for a second about that other broadcast team? So is is it time to put Al Michaels out to pasture? I, I really miss Mike Tirico and knowing that he's there in the wings, presumably waiting for the inevitable departure at some point of al michaels like am i the only person who's riding that hype train because like i'm all in on it there's um, a lot
1: of yeah. gravitas with michaels that it's hard for nbc or anybody else to just cast aside it's gonna unfortunately have to get to the point where it got to with people like pat summerall and john madden and folks like that keith jackson even at the end where they just can't do the job anymore. Not just in terms of Rondé Barber not knowing a fairly arcane rule about what happens when you decline a penalty inside of five minutes in the fourth quarter. Michaels going to have to start mispronouncing names, calling the wrong name, calling out the wrong down and distance, all that stuff. Um, you're at least three years away from Al Michaels not doing those games.
0: And before Brent Musburger got all rapey in the booth. Um, that was the name I was thinking of. Yeah, I, yeah. I like Brent. Um and kudos to him for doubling down on his thinking women are attractive thing which is somehow offensive in 2018 uh, It's
1: not that he thinks women are attractive that's offensive Kyle it's that he's almost 80 and he's he's, leering a, and he's at a 24 year old woman in the stands who didn't even ask for the attention I mean I'm not trying to argue this with you but it's kind of She's gross. a model. <laughs> right? She could be his grand, or, oh, his granddaughter for Christ's sake. Almost, yes, almost she's his great granddaughter. Um, yeah, this is, not, this is not. a good. This is not a good hill to um, die on, Kyle. I, I'm, I'm, okay, so I'm, back. I'm back sure to the when question. I'm sure when Phil's Wait.
0: eighty, he will not think anybody younger than him is attractive.
1: I'm pretty sure I won't say it over national airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> this I can guarantee. Wait, so back to the question: Do
2: you guys miss Toriko at all, or is it really just me?
1: I felt um, like he was. I felt like when he was doing Monday Night Football no. with
2: Gruden, the now zero two John Gruden that that he was <laughs> exceptional. <laughs> The Gruden really?
0: coaching thing. Mike Down is one of the worst uh, coaching hires in the history. Like the biggest blunders of all. Ten time, years. He's going to reap all that money. Ten years, uh,
2: one hundred million dollars, and they are zero two. And he traded their best defensive player, if not their best overall player, to
0: the Chicago Bears. Uh, that I like. That's amazing. <laughs> I like. Um, I liked him as an announcer, but no, I, I like Tarico. I, I think Michaels is good. Like I'm an Al- <laughs> I want to love Al Michaels. I'm an Al Michaels fan. I, I think he's just a really good announcer. You're right. It the, when he is part of the game, it lends some gravitas, right? Like, yeah, Al Michaels is calling this game. It's a big game. Al Michaels does not call you know Reds Indians games anymore. He calls the premier sporting event every week uh, for half you know a quarter of the year. And to me, that's the biggest problem with the way he approaches the game because he's good. He's fundamentally sound. Their broadcast is top-notch. although They had some weird director issues. They have Drew Esikoff and uh, the other guy, and it's the old—it's actually the old Monday Night Football crew. Uh, this was all uh, documented in that ESPN book. Those guys have all the fun. Uh, when, when Michaels left, the only way he agreed to do NBC is if he can bring over his producer and director, uh, uh, Drew Esikoff, and I forget the other guy's name, uh, Fred Godelli, I think. And so they put together the same broadcast they were putting together for ESPN 10 years ago for Monday Night Football. I think he's really good. The problem is, because you're getting the big game every week and you're calling the biggest sporting event, show it. Like I, We all appreciate that Al Michaels has seen it all. He has called everything you could possibly cover and call at the highest level, iconic moments. So we get... That occasionally he's not going to be able to match the excitement of the guy calling the Bucks Titans game on you know a, a Tuesday on a on a Sunday one o'clock slate on Fox. Like we get that, but he's getting the premier NFL game every week, and a lot of times he gets really good games. He gets the Super Bowl, and you look—you need to look no further than his call as time expired, even the Philly special. Like his level of excitement. I get that he can't go over the top anymore. He doesn't even attempt to match most of the moments. He gets excited about weird things. And we don't need him to be like 100% all the time. But man, this guy gets a lot of good games and we see a lot we've seen the Eagles in a lot of good Sunday night games and it's it's like he his call never even approaches the moment, and it's I don't think that's he's mailing it in. He's been on Bill Simmons' show and talks about how he's enthused. He's loving it now more than ever. He doesn't like doing two games a week, and he that's why Tirico's doing the, was doing the Thursday games. I don't even know who has them this year. I know Fox is advertising that they actually have good games. What a marketing pitch. Um, but, you know, he he claims he's into it, but show it a little. Like, All just right, Kyle. on the big plays. That's my only All problem with Al
1: Michaels. That's fine. Okay, so Michaels can't get it up for the big plays anymore. Is that what we're going to say? That's a dangerous metaphor to go down. So let's. Unlike that. Brett Musburger, apparently. Here we go. Oh, but geez. but <laughs> would you prefer that, or would you prefer Tarico, who is so shilled out for NBC, and you know, in the Notre Dame booth, he treats like Notre Dame Vanderbilt or Notre Dame Stanford when Stanford's not ranked like it's a Super Bowl. My complaint with Tarico, who is a thorough professional and a great announcer is he basically has one speed and one presentation and he's all in and he's all company and i get it but like I, whereas michael has, has a hard time Super Super Bowl, here. I yeah love it. well that's I my like, point i,
2: I like mm, them. i'm all in i'm so i between his ability caused to cause division his his football and his basketball announcing are both top notch
0: i i agree he's really good i want to actually honestly,
2: come to come to think of it that that's you know i know these rights aren't going to come up at any time soon or are going to be dislodged from like Turner or uh, um, ESPN, Disney, ABC, whatever. But um, I I really do miss the NBA and NBC. I miss the theme more than anything. The idea of, mm-hmm. of
0: Tarico as, uh, as the face of that would be pretty cool. I
2: mean, I didn't used to like Mike Breen.
0: I kind of do now. I know we're getting to an announcer thing. You know who I think actually does it good as much as I kind of dislike him as a human being or just the idea of him? I think Jim Nance does a really good job of... He's better yeah. at golf, but he does a good job when he needs to match the moment. Like he, he, it manages to do what I wish Michaels could do, which is he doesn't overcall it. You, he, he calls it like he's been there before. But when it comes time to match the moment, I thought his call of the Chris Jenkins shot was was perfect. It was better than any of the six different broadcasts they had going there. Um, and, but I, and I think for NFL games, like he is able to get up for big plays and big spots. Um, and I actually think that's his strength. I, I would rather listen to Michael's seventy eight percent of the game, and then the other twenty two percent, or the other twenty percent, give me Jim Nance, and then every now and then two percent throwing a little Gus Johnson just for shits and giggles. But I, I one think Jim regular Nance season that's what I would like to do.
1: One Michael's regular season team. Eagles loss has turned Kyle into a serial killer tonight. We're <laughs> Kenny Albert. Al Michaels is laying a ditch, bleeding to death. He just <laughs> took Jim Nance apart. One stupid regular season loss, and now Kyle's gone completely. I like Nance. I didn't take. Nance well, you know what? Apart. Considering mental,
2: you know, considering that Kenny Albert's been mentioned again, and Al Michaels, one guy who's actually old, uh, like Al Michaels, but is also related to Kenny Albert is Marv Albert, who. I think does a a, fan, a fantastic job for basketball games, like of kind of enca- you know capturing that moment. When I think of of an NBA game, like Marv Albert and Kevin Harlan are typically the two that kind of jump to mind. I hate but Kevin like Kevin Harlan, um, but like but Marv Albert, like just as
0: you know, a guy who, you say this, like you just unearthed, like a Kevin. No, no, I'm I'm just saying like, there's this guy, Marv Albert. No, I'm just saying like, he's an older
2: guy, but like, he's still like Marv Albert out of, out of anywhere. Like if Chris Anderson comes back from the grave and plays for the Lakers this year, and you know, posterizes Lamarcus Aldridge. We know that we're gonna get a, you know, one of those those big ones. Oh, serves up a facial! Like you're gonna get that. You know it's gonna happen every time that Marv Albert's out there. Al Michaels, like it's the only thing that I think is upsetting at this point is yeah, like there's just not that moment. He doesn't have those climactic moments in the biggest, you know, the biggest points of the game that you you want him to have. I don't know why. Whatever. I shouldn't have taken us down this road. Can we go back to the Eagles? By the way, the fact-
0: if Brent Musburger ever said facial in the air. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he did shit did this on. this And by happen? the way, Al why Michaels, or not Al Michaels, excuse Kevin me. Uh, Marv Albert. Marv I Al- hate Al- Kevin Al- Harlan. Al- Marv Albert is the <laughs> me do you too Kevin candidate. Harlan. He, why, Mark, why Marv do you, Albert's wearing why, women's wait, underwear, biting women's you, backs. Wait, literally. Where, why do you...
2: Why is he not in this way? Google no, Marv Albert. No, man. I don't I don't want to. No thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it'll no, ruin him I pass. forever. I, I pass. Forever. Um speaking of speaking of passing, Nick Foles passed for three hundred thirty-four yards today, mm-hmm. and Ruben Frank thinks that he's trash and that he didn't give the Eagles a shot. Can somebody please give me an idea of where Ruben Frank and his six hundred and fifty two stats that he's come up with since eating a third Wawa hoagie on the second Sunday of a month? Uh, came with uh, this idea that he put out on Twitter and why people seem to actually agree with it.
0: I'll let Phil go first, because then I'm going I'm to put the, the top of the dirt on this one.
1: Everybody's waiting to bail out on Nick Foles. That's what this is, because he's uneven, because sometimes he looks really good, like he did in the Super Bowl that he won, for example, or the Vikings game that he more or less won in his own way by throwing so many touchdowns and taking advantage of a Viking secondary that was there to be taken advantage of. Now he looked like crap in the Atlanta playoff game. He didn't look that good, you know, 10 days ago against Atlanta. And so look, the fans know they, what they have in Wentz. They want him back. And as soon as there's even a sign of slippage from Foles, everyone's going to bail out on him. And that's just the way it is when you're the backup and there's an all pro who's coming off injury that everybody's waiting to have come back. But to suggest that Foles was even 10% of the reason that the Eagles lost this football game is insane. Foles wasn't playing defensive back on the 275-yard touchdown passes. That's 14 points. You lose the game 27-21. So I'm not here to take on any local writers, and I'm not here to get into any spats. I'm just saying from my personal perspective and opinion, Nick Foles was not the problem today. And remarkably, most of the time that he has played since Wentz went down, Foles has not been the problem when things have gone bad.
0: Correct. I think the only game where there was genuine cause for concern was like the Raiders game and the first quarter of the Falcons playoff game where you're like, oh, forgot how to play football. But I mean, this is just a sampling of Ruben's tweets today. Tough day for the O-line. They didn't give Nick a ton of time. But I also felt like he held on to the ball too long on a number of snaps and got himself into trouble. Also, uh... I don't know that the line held up that well. There weren't a lot of open receivers when you look downfield. Now, I I know the Zach Ertz example, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But then earlier he says Nick Foles once again resembles an NFL quarterback as if he was, like, you know, threw four picks or something or missed, like, ten wide open receivers. If we keep going down, uh, there were more. But the, the biggest offender... Uh, here, here's another one. That's Nick's first completion of 20 yards or more to a wide receiver in a regular season game since a 35 yarder to Nelson uh, last year and his only pass against the Broncos since before Carson Wentz was hurt. You know what, like that conveniently just papers over what, the four of those he had against the Vikings and Patriots, at least in the NFC Championship game in Super Bowl? Like, you know, you talk about like cherry picking a stat. He is, I mean, he is the king of being able to, you know, move his pivot table in a direction to find something to tweet about. But Jesus Christ, like, pointing out that he hasn't thrown a a 20 yarder in X number of games if we just, you know, set aside that historical Super Bowl run that he just had is so disingenuous and misleading to the point of it's offensive when you're speaking to the fan base that clearly knows. Then he's talking about his average attempt. But what really, really got me here was when he talked about. when he talked about the play where uh, Fole, where Corey Clement looked like he uh, had been murdered and Nelson Aguilar uh, uh, almost looked like he lost his rip. Just can't throw that pass there. Just can't yeah. throw that pass. It was fourth down in the fourth quarter on a play that they had to complete, and somehow, somehow Nick Foles eluded pressure. His slow ass um, hung around long enough to allow something to develop, and he threw up a prayer that was actually miraculously almost completed. If there wasn't a defender there to nearly decapitate Corey Clement, but the point is, like, how do you throw it? Okay, yeah, did he did he maybe miss Ertz on the play? Sure, that's a fair knock. Hey, he missed this open guy, but not how can you throw that pass, alluding to the guy's going to get hurt? Like, give me a break. Well, he almost okay. made an unbelievable play that, that potentially would have won the game in that situation there like, were at least four, four throws
2: problem? okay I don't want to defend Ruben Frank here but there were at least four throws in this game um I'm trying to recall them from memory one one
0: came to uh one, what there was one to Ertz one to Aguilar I know the, what you're gonna say that he almost gets players killed he, Sam Bradford he had
2: at body. least I mean legitimately he had at least four four different throws Uh, three of them I think were completions the Clement one was was the one that was dropped Um, throws across the middle throws uh, along the side that that really did put his receiver in a bad position or his you know tight end in a bad position once he caught the ball and like I get that that's going to happen in a game but I think you know part of that is also um, I, I don't know we we know that Foles is not an elite quarterback but again like the the concept that he was to blame for this game is is nonsensical at best. Now, I will say that Foles, I think, has had a hard time kind of settling in uh, in the beginning of, of both of these games. But the one thing that continues to stand out to me, and I said it last week, I think I've said it for over a year now, is you cannot rely on Jason Peters. And I know that that's not the reason they lost this game. But, you know, people coming into the season again thinking that we're going to get Hall of Fame Jason Peters are out of their mind. The guy, like, I... I If I were a hot take artist, if I were Skip Bayless, I would say that the Eagles are wasting a roster spot on Jason Peters this year. Because. Hold on. Because. If all he's going to do in practically every game is come out after two series and miss the rest of the game, that's a valuable roster spot that you could have given to somebody else. Again, this comes back to why I've been so concerned over the last few drafts that they really haven't addressed the offensive line with a high pick. You know, they went out and they traded up to get Dallas Goddard, who, by the way, was getting out snapped by guys that you've never heard of. But yet we can't address left tackle on this team, and I don't care if it ends up being Lane Johnson moves to left tackle, and they need to you know get somebody to play right. But oh my you know, god! Long, but you know, in the long oh term, oh my god! Yeah, this is why oh, the, oh your god! Oh, Phil, Listen, Phil,
0: hold on, Phil. Tell this me is, how reliable Jason Peters has been for the
2: last year and a half. Just tell me. Well, tell me how my, Tell me how
0: reliable he he's been. He injured last year, so you got me there. Last
1: year's last year's a write-off. I mean, you can't really yeah. talk about last year. Phil, you're, you're a lawyer. Because Let he me didn't submit play, right? to evidence because, to you. Because he didn't Ross... play for
2: half a season. And you had to rely on Halapulavati Vaitai, who, thanks sweet baby Jesus, was Neither able to Carson hold down the Wentz, fort a while. But... You know, well he I'm also Carson Wentz is, yeah. also doesn't have a history for tearing his Achilles or having season ending injuries or going off for, you know, the better part of a half of a game. Like, look, it's gonna continue to happen. Like, does anybody actually think that Jason Peters is going to remain healthy the rest of the season or play like seventy five percent of the snaps in every game? I certainly don't, and the first two games of the season have not proven me wrong.
1: Russ, Thank the you. issue you have is that Peters' ceiling is so much higher than anybody else they have who can play you. that position. If he's You're healthy just... But, Look, you're, you're stuck but, what's, with but that. what's the
2: number one thing? Availability. Okay. If you're not available, it doesn't matter how good your ceiling so, is. You need to be available for your team, and he just every hasn't player,
1: been. Every player is one play away from limping off and knocking back Thank you.
2: There but not every player has the extensive injury today. history that he has.
1: Let, me, let Yeah, the... they're not all 37 years old or whatever Peters is either, but again, going to be a Hall of Famer. Ceiling is higher than what you have You went into the season knowing that this was the plan. And you got to live with it sometimes when he limps off after two series. Because there's going to be other games when he makes it through most of the game. Oh, no, by the way, there's going to be other games where he plays half the game and you take a 25-point lead to halftime and you can pull him in the second half. So, like... Pulling the plug on Jason Peters two games into this season is one of these takes that gets you guys in some trouble sometimes. Like let's just breathe I said and see what happens against Indianapolis, okay. Phil, I Phil, said you're, if
2: I wanted to have a hot take, that would be it. You not did my hot have take. a hot take, you yeah, just
0: you tried to
1: diffuse it. You're I'm, doing the I,
0: NBC Russ, you're doing the NBC sports Philly thing where we're gonna yes. call it hot takes and be able to couch our dumb opinions in <laughs> in air quotes. Look, this is why I want Phil, Phil, you're a lawyer, so I want to submit two things to the record uh, to you. Number one, I I might actually have three. Number one, uh, let the record show that Russ just uh, suggested that the Eagles are wasting a roster spot with their Hall of Fame left tackle when they have a franchise quarterback coming off an injury. Let the record show Not a hot
1: take, by the way. That phrasing, not a hot take, right? Wasting a roster spot on Jason Peters, I'm going to (laughs) say that that's not a hot take with that phrasing? All right, continue, counsel. and uh, point one point five of that is is replacing
0: the, the right side of the line. W- one of e- the most dominant players at his position in football. Wait, that and is sliding not him s- out s- of, out no, of no, left. No, 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 he he kind no, no, no. You need
2: to you need to listen. No, I, I said don't. the the fact that they have not addressed it in the draft is alarming to me. And I said I don't expect them to necessarily expect to take. Lane Johnson throw him at left tackle and have the other guy fill in at right I don't really okay. care which which position you fill but okay. like you need to have somebody in the pipeline ready like okay hold on. think no, about wait, it three years ago the, I, the Eagles nice decided that they two. were going to try to you know draft the replacement for Darren Sproles in the fourth round and that certainly did not work out and luckily Darren Sproles you know Last year, last year he had a double. He had that one bad play where he had was a broken arm, and he tore up his knee. Like that was awful. But he didn't have a history of you know missing and you know entire seasons. All right, but like, wait, he, stop, could he be a future stop. Hall of Famer? I don't know. But I don't want to go down the pipeline road. for him.
0: I don't want to go down this road, but this is where our show gets bad, especially when we talk about actual sports, because you you say things that you simply can't back up. These are J- Jason Peters made his NFL debut in 2004 with the Bills. On uh, his first season, he started one game. He was a part of five. These are the games he started since 2005, working up to last season. Tell me if you, this sounds like a history of season ending injuries. 10, 16, 15, 13, 15, 13, 14, 16, 16, 14, 16, and then last year was seven games. So your whole thing about him perpetually being injured is, quite frankly, bullshit. He's
2: ruptured his Achilles twice in his career. He ruptured it in 2012. He ruptured it again last year. And if I remember correctly, in 2012 when he did it, he not only ruptured it once, but then he fell off the equipment and ruptured it a second time. So technically last year was the third time he's ruptured his Achilles. (laughs) <laughs> so like did he did he miss entire seasons no did he miss enough time and have to have an extended fight back for his career yeah he did so i like that's From fine
0: 2008 to 2016 he missed a total of 10 games a total of 10 games okay as a as a giant bodied offensive lineman who they typically Do me a favor. Get hurt find me frequently. find me his percentage
2: frequently. his percentage of drives that he played on find that stat for the next show
0: okay because um, just
2: because you made it into a game doesn't mean you finished it, and it certainly doesn't mean that you were available for most of it. I would argue that the last you two start and a half, fourteen three years,
0: to sixteen games, it means you didn't you didn't miss significant time with injury. Point you blank. could miss well, not only that, but Kyle, right.
2: you can miss three quarters of the game, and if you started the game, you get credit on Plus, how were, many games for, in your mind.
0: Like when did you start watching Jason football? Peters? Like how many Jason times Peters do you think Jason off Peters the Peters field
2: multiple times in most games in the, the last two for years?
0: Half a game. Okay, okay. Uh,
1: Russ, let's talk about it if the guy is Russ. Look. If the guy is a consensus Hall of Famer, and everybody seems to such agree a dumb that when he stops playing, they're going to enshrine him. If that is the career he's put together, do you think he built that career on limping off every game halfway through, two thirds through, a quarter in? Do you really think that people would think he was a Hall of Fame player if he never played a full game? Where does this even come from? And now you're asking Kyle to go back and research how many times he didn't finish a game he started. That's a ridiculous statement and question to present. I'm going like, to pull it for Wednesday. Let's move on.
0: It's, I'll pull it for Wednesday. Dear, dear Google machine, how how many drives did Hall of Famer Jason Peters miss? Give me a break. All right, let's talk about the defense. Um, what happened to Jalen Mills? And is Sidney Jones like... I guess the fact that we're not talking about Sidney Jones is a good thing, but, like, can we just make him our shutdown corner? Like, how does this work? Well, Jalen Mills I li- I literally hear. I literally hear crickets. There's literally <laughs> I mean, crickets in my ear headphones from <laughs> Obviously, if he were good enough, he would have played today,
1: right? If he were good enough, he'd have played today. He's obviously not good enough. They saw the way Mills was getting beaten, and they didn't sub him out. So that answers your question.
2: Well, yeah, I mean – Jalen Mills getting shredded isn't exactly surprising. Um, Ronald Darby had such a good first week, especially matching up against Julio Jones. And I thought for the most part in this game, he had a a pretty effective game. But Mills, as a guy who, you know, is being relied on as a, I don't don't know if the thought is that he's going to be the shutdown corner or the guy that's going to be able to handle the speed of your receivers that, frankly, I don't think Darby can keep up with. Um, maybe he can a little bit better this year coming off of, you know, an, an, another year off of that Achilles injury, but, um, Mills is, is not a shutdown corner by any stretch of the imagination. He's a guy that we, I think have seen routinely over the last you know year, uh, have some spurts of really good play, really solid playmaking ability. And then at, you know, other times he's getting beaten on double moves. And quite frankly, the, the way that the game started off was bad and the way that the game ended. Um, or or for the most part was ended on a, you know, stupid penalty, um, kind of wraps up and puts a big bow on what might have been one of the worst professional performances of his career in a game that, you know, I thought the defense should have had a better effort, especially knowing that Nigel Bradham was back. And I, I was kind of dumbfounded by the way that this went down on the defensive side of the ball.
0: I did not realize that Sidney Jones did not get any snaps today. That's wild to me
2: so it answers your question doesn't it yeah i I'm, I'm just especially because he had we we thought he had a good first you know first game
0: yeah i don't so. know I, I i find it i don't know i've, I've just excited coming into the season because you're like all right this guy's healthy and he was arguably the top corner in the draft before he got hurt and you know now he he can't even spell jalen mills is getting torched all over the field today i don't think jalen mills is as bad as he looked today i do find humor in john clark's unbelievable instagram tunnel videos i john clark has like this ability to just seep into cracks and find himself in spots like that guy I, i'm blown away by his work ethic like i'm always just on the couch when i see his things uh, usually on my laptop to be fair but uh, you know john clark is everywhere and he's in the tunnel which uh Jalen Mills is talking about, you know, let's get on our shit today. And Jalen Mills is giving the big pump up speech in the tunnel and uh, didn't work out so well. Um, The cushion that he was giving, I think it was Mike Evans, not the play, uh, the push off face mask, which honestly, to me, like should have been like concurrent fouls. Um, The cushion he was given a couple of plays before that it was he was given like 15 yards on like i forget if it was a second or third down where they needed to stop there to, to prevent the clock from keep going and he was he was just sitting back I, I, they were in like a a soft zone which i i guess is a way to contain them but like i think it led to one of those first downs they got there in the end i can't remember the exact plan i should have had it up but not a good day for him at all horrible tackling from ronald darby um
1: i didn't yeah, i was, was a business decision that one when yeah. he arm tackled or didn't even really arm tackle Howard going up the sideline, that was that classic Deion Sanders business decision, and I did not care for that one little bit.
0: Yep, and I, I was disappointed that the defensive line didn't get Fitzpatrick more uncomfortable. Though to his credit, when he did get a little uncomfortable and had to buy some time, that 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 little look off pass he made to Mike Evans on the touchdown on the left side there, that was a he actually played really well. Got to got
1: to tip your cap to the uh, the bearded one. They're not, not- going to face receivers like this every week. Bingo. Is another thing to remember. Bingo. And the thing I was going to say about Fitzpatrick earlier, maybe I sort of alluded to it already. You know, Fitzpatrick is one of these guys reminds me of like a starting pitcher who has great stuff, but gets injured a lot and falls out of rotations. But when you face him and he's on, you can't hit him. Fitzpatrick's in one of these little bursts of time where right now he's seeing everything and the game is slowing down for him and he's got really good receivers and he looks great. But... Would you bet anything you could afford to lose on him being the starter for the Buccaneers in week 16, especially if they're in the hunt? I don't think I would. I mean, James Winston's going to come back. The Buccaneers still have a lot invested in Winston, and I'm no Winston fan, but if Fitzpatrick goes out in like week seven or eight, I don't know when they're biased, so don't criticize me for that, but sometime in the middle of the season, if Fitzpatrick goes out and throws five picks and they lose by 30... Like, the Buccaneers don't have a lot invested in Fitzpatrick forever. I mean, Bingo. it's probably going to go back to Winston.
0: And your point about I, the receivers, man, like, your, your point about the receivers, in the first two weeks here, I you know, the, they've given up a lot. They've faced Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu, um, and they faced Mike Evans. I mean, Julio Jones and Mike Evans, easily the top two receivers in the NFC, arguably two of the top three receivers in the NFL. Um, with great complementary receivers in Sanu and Deshaun Jackson, you know, two totally different players.
1: Especially Jackson, who shows up and tries today, which he yes. doesn't always do.
0: Yes, and well, you knew it was going to be bad because he had a, he, on his Instagram live he had a little Wayne going in his Bentley on the way to the uh, on the way to the game. So you knew it was going to be a long day for the, uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles.
2: I'm just looking at at next week's opponent because you know you gotta gotta it's turn a, the paper. So, Russ- for Books and other no, loss
0: so, for the Super Bowl champs.
2: No, I think they're they're going to win next week. But um, yeah, Ryan Grant isn't exactly going to strike fear into your heart. Um, T. Y. Hilton is kind of hit or miss. Um, Evan Eubanks had a, a pretty good start to the year at, at tight end. They're they're I don't know they're going to rely I would assume a lot more on the run, um, and they've had some injuries at that position. So you know, kind of going back to something Phil said in the very beginning of the show. I mean, the Frank right game. If you try. If you try to run against the Eagles, it doesn't work. So the only thing that, that I think could pose problems for the Eagles in week three against the Colts is although Andrew Luck has had injury issues in the past, he still has some mobility to him. And the thing, this this I guess kind of comes back around to why I was surprised at why things went the way they, they did was, so the Eagles were getting immense pressure, especially on passing downs. They were getting a lot of pressure on Fitzpatrick, who was just simply stepping up in the pocket and completing these underneath routes to you know whomever was open but um that was a a spot that i thought that having bradham back he and hicks and company uh we're going to be able to shut down those underneath routes and it just didn't happen what are you talking Um, about these
0: underneath routes he was airing it out pretty good
2: yeah i know he was but i'm saying like in in like crucial moments of the game where you were Mm. trying to get a a defensive stop like especially on the last play like that wasn't a deep ball. Um, but there were a few times that he had a few dump off passes where, you know, it looked like two guys were about to come through, pop through the line, and and actually, you know, take Fitzpatrick down. Uh, if if that's how Fitzpatrick is going to play, I I, I kind of come back around to this. Like I, I'm not so sure. If if I were Tampa Bay, if I were a Tampa Bay fan, I know that Jameis Winston was drafted high. I know that he's supposed to be the future of your franchise. But like Fitzpatrick has played out of his mind against. You know a a pretty okay defense in week one, and certainly an elite defense, top two, top three in the league this week.
0: Are I you suggesting home, but... starting him after over Jameis Winston, the career journeyman quarterback?
2: You know what? Like if if it's effective and it's working, you gotta like
0: you, I think you have to think about riding the hot hand. Phil, I, I want to be I want to do I want to be the GM who deals with Russ. I will take Jason Peters and Jameis Winston. And yeah, you we need to have, have a
2: have a fun with it. Jason Peters when he limps <laughs> off the field, and have yeah, see fun with Jameis f- Winston when he gets himself into some kind of nonsense. Look, Jameis Winston, what? Please let me know what a uh, what winning season, what winning team Jameis Winston. i am no Jameis Winston. The playoffs. Fans,
1: don't get me wrong, but okay. well, I forgot about all Fitzpatrick's about. rings. How many rings does Fitzpatrick? have? Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick has a City Harvard or...
2: education. That's more than Jameis. <laughs> Winston heard about does, Okay.
0: He, here's the thing. I want. I want to make this point. First of all, I'm looking at this this meme going around of Eli Manning getting up. I. It blows me away that Eli Manning is still starting as an NFL quarterback. Why? Because um, he's he's done. Like, when was the last time you've been like, "Oh, Eli Manning had a great game today"? It, seriously, it's been years. It's been. You could
1: literal argue, literally, the years. Giants, the Giants uh, got unlucky picking so high because they had to take Saquon, but as much as Saquon but Darnold was there fun play not just I'm not even saying Sam Darnold although certainly it's in the discussion although Darnold didn't light it up today either but the Giants' more pressing need from a franchise perspective was certainly fixing the quarterback spot than it was picking up a running back. As great as Saquon Barkley may end guy, up being, yeah, yeah. it is, but Kyle, you know what the average lifespan of running backs is in this league. I fair. mean, there was a yeah, time where Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson was going to go to the Hall of Fame, and then they ran him 430 times a year for three years, and he was dead and done. This is why Le'Veon Bell's not playing right now well, because they give these guys too many touches. That could happen to Saquon Barkley. We've been talking about him in four years. Like, remember how great he was coming out of Penn State? Too bad he didn't hold up. You have to fix quarterback before you fix running back nine times out of ten. I agree and, and disagree with that it.
2: though, because like if if you think about it, what's going to make a bigger impact on your draft status? Like if if you have this elite running back that you can draft and you know that your team isn't going to compete this year and likely will end up near the top of the draft next year, I, I would think that at, at some point you might roll the dice on that like you know that there are going to be elite quarterback prospects at the top of every draft you don't know that there's going to be somebody who can you know really solidify your backfield for the next like let's say six years let's say that that Barkley's career only lasts you know a, a really solid six years and that you know because you have a weapon on the outside like Odo Beckham Jr. and even Evan Ingram to some extent you know as a, a pretty decent weapon at a tight end It's not like you're going to be running Barkley into the ground because you don't have weapons on the outside. You do. As long as you're spreading it around, you should be fine. And then, yeah, in a year, you know, I I would think that if I'm the Giants, like I'm certainly not trying to win this division. I don't think I have much of a shot if I'm the Giants. You probably end up with a top eight pick next year. There's probably going to be a quarterback there. You can think about, you know, trap trading up we know Cleveland although they've had two competitive games Cleveland's probably going to end up with a top pick again and and you know they're they're pretty uh open to trading way uh you know franchise altering quarterback picks so Russ you know, it's a quarterback
1: league it's a quarterback league the Giants scored 15 points at home in the opener and they're getting shut out right now at halftime in Dallas so Saquon Barkley could be an all pro this year for all we know and it's gonna go nowhere yeah they and that's what I'm saying though Phil but we don't know what
2: uh, so from their perspective like i don't know if if they thought that there was going to be this like transcendent generational running back in the next draft like could they have gone up and gotten a uh, a quarterback that they thought was good yeah could they also draft that trans that transformational running back and then next year know that be by virtue of them running eli manning back out there and not the most competitive roster that they could end up with a top pick in the next draft and then you not only have a young quarterback along with this great running back and an incredible, if not the best wide receiver on the outside and a promising young tight end. Like, I don't know if that's so bad. I don't mind punting a season if I'm New York, because you know that you're still going to be marketable. You're still going to be attracted to free agents. Like I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was at least part of the thought. And also they might not have loved Darnold and they, I, I don't think anybody thought that, they were really going to take it. The Super
1: Bowl, if your Super Bowl champion Eagles proved anything last year, okay? It's that once you get the quarterback and all the surrounding pieces in the offense, you can pick up running backs. Well, that's fine Phil, if they if they thought in. that
2: there was that guy in the draft, like if they didn't believe in Darnold, then you have to go with with who you think is the best player on the board, right? Guys, and maybe let me, they did not believe in. in in that guy.
0: Let me hop in. I, I don't I didn't mean to kick off a deep dive on the, the New York Giants uh franchisional <laughs> decisions. I like that word. It does matter uh, for the Eagles, though. It's like artisanal. No, it d- yeah. Yes, it, it does. No, I, the reason I, I brought up Manning, one, because his goofy, dumb, goofy face was staring me in the face. Um, but two, because, you know, the the kind of overreactions we have here about Foles, you know, throwing all, oh, he almost got that guy hit. You know, he almost got that guy, you know, uh, killed. Um, you know, our corners weren't good today. They got torched by two weeks in a row by the best receivers in the game. Um, you know, we 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 complain about all these little things as Eagles fans, and I get it. Like there are definite things to complain about. If you sit down and watch Red Zone for any period of time on a Sunday afternoon, sixty eight percent of the football in the NFL sucks. Like these team, there are teams out there who suck. There are coaches who really suck. There are decisions that really suck. There are kickers today who really sucked. Okay, and I feel like. We overreact to everything in the guise of, or we treat everything as if it has to be perfection. And, and this isn't like meant to be like some grand thing on the Philly market, but like we're you know we're te- we're ready to kind of tear apart so many little things after a loss. And maybe it's tamped down a little bit today because you know the last time they lost, you know since then they've won a Super Bowl, so we're a little bit more calm and rational. But like. I don't worry about some of these, you know, all the little things we've talked about, like kind of picking them apart today. Um, You know, there's a lot of bad football. Like, Tom Brady did not have a great game today. Now, granted, he was going up against a good team. The Patriots defense, kind of dreadful against, you know, uh, Blake Bortles, who's terrible. There's a lot of bad football being played all over the place. You know, look at the Packers, who look like they're probably going to contend, you know, just on the strength of Aaron Rodgers. By the way, Phil, we can talk about our bet in a minute. Um, You know, being down... Essential, what twenty to nothing at one point, or 20, 23 to th- twenty to three, whatever it was, uh, to the Bears at halftime and needing a a, a a damn miracle to win. Like you know, there's just a, the the Cowboys looking kind of dreadful last week. There's a lot of bad football being played all the time, and the Eagles, bad. You know, the Eagles lows are way higher than most teams lows. You know, with the exception of even the Steelers last week, a muddy tie. With uh. the Browns, like all these teams, we in our mind build up to be good, and maybe the Bucks this year or that team that comes out of nowhere until Jameis went Wins- you know, until they're eight and two, and Jameis Winston passes them into you know media, you know, an eight and eight record at the end of the season. It just I that's I feel like that's the way we got to view this. Like watch red zone for a little while, watch another game, be like, holy shit, half this league sucks. The NFL has ruined the league with flags. And half of the teams suck. And there's like six teams that have a shot of winning it all. And the Eagles are are going to be in that conversation uh, for the foreseeable future. That said, the Rams scare the ever-living shit out of me.
2: And they should. Um, yeah. Pause for a second. So, question. Um, the the Steelers. Uh, I know, Kyle, you and I have talked about this before. I got chastised for having a, an opinion on this. But, Phil, where did you grow up? Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. Okay. So I think I know where this is going to go. Did you have a feeling on the Steelers either way as a child?
1: Not at all. I was kind of tired of seeing them all the time because when I was very young, uh, they won all those Super Bowls and, you know, the Bradshaw, Swan, Stallworth, and then even before that, like Lambert, all those years. And I got tired of seeing them on my TV. Uh, But no, I have no real antipathy toward the Steelers. They're not in the Eagles division. They're not even in the Eagles conference. They only play each other, what, once every four years now? And it used to be less frequent than that. So, no, they're out there. Uh, they're only a problem if we face them in a game that matters, and that doesn't happen very often.
2: See, I don't, I don't actually, oddly enough, don't hate the Steelers as much as I guess a lot of people do. I know that, like, I, I obviously hate the Penguins. I don't really care about the Pirates. Pirates are irrelevant to me. But, like, the Steelers don't bother me all that much. Um, that, that game against Cleveland was an abomination. The fact that it ended in a tie is is pretty glorious uh, for all of the, uh, the Ginsers out there. Um,
0: but okay.
2: Cleveland excites me, I just, wanted, I just, like, I just wanted to find out. Is there Cleveland's ever like, been a more exciting
0: Cleveland Jets game on Thursday night? I'm actually looking forward to that. I don't know. I didn't see was was Darnold like really bad today? Or was he just mediocre?
2: I don't know, I'll pull that up.
1: He threw another bad pick. He hit a linebacker right in the chest.
0: <laughs> uh Uh boy. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Uh some it's, it's point like, I wanted to respond to. What? I can't remember. Oh, go ahead. What were you guys talking about? I don't remember.
2: We're talking about the Steelers. Said uh, about the Steelers. And, oh, and uh, having yeah, an opinion. Yeah, this yeah, is
0: totally out of left field. Uh, you, someone mentioned uh, Philly mentioned Terry Bradshaw. I can't look at Terry Bradshaw the same ever since he showed his ass in that movie. Is that weird? oh stop. No, I'm, I'm dead <sighs> serious here. I know, like you think I'm just trying to be funny. You, I, my whole view of him has changed in seeing his ass. It's a, it's a weird ass. Well, yeah, my, there was a
1: picture on Slack this week that I can't unsee, and I really wish it hadn't gone. Yeah, up let's there. not talk, we about talk about that. Can't talk about that. Um, there's it's a really disturbing.
2: I, you know what? I haven't been able to Which look at those Slack Steelers firm? teams. I didn't oh, see don't it. don't worry about it. Uh, there is, is, a, the general? Uh, there is it the a general stop. There was a general. Someone just I tell me. I don't know. You don't go in there. You never visit. Um, I, I can't look at those uh, Steelers teams the same way since. Uh, remember when Lynn Swan ran for governor? That happened. That happened for uh, for those who forget. He actually ran for the Republican nomination. I think it was eight years ago, ten years ago. That was a real thing. It happened. It died pretty quickly. Um, anyway, Harry. Browns
1: Jets would be a lot more interesting if Josh Gordon was still playing, but he's not playing for the Browns anymore. At least as far as we know. There's odds. So I'm he's not really. They, they got odds like on where when, he's going
0: to wind up. The Patriots are favored, but uh, if I'm look, if I'm the Eagles, I I I poke I poke Josh Gordon, but I call Des Bryant. No. Yeah. Really? Here's why. Yeah, abs- I, one of the two, I think you, you I, more so Bryant is, is less nuts or, you know, of, of a problem. Yeah, but he might be washed. He might be That's washed. That's the thing. I don't be. think Des has it.
2: Maybe. Like, I think Josh, I think if you can get Josh Gordon to, like, uh, take whatever substance out of his hand for long enough for him to be sober for a few games, I think he still has game-breaking talent. Des, I just don't know if if he can do anything outside. Like, if Des were going to come in and be your third receiver, if you were going to be like a slot receiver for you, then like maybe that works. But like, if anybody's expecting him to come in here and like blow the top off the defense, like that ain't happening. I just don't know. Like with both of these guys, the one positive, I guess, about this team versus any other Eagles team that we you know might have grown up watching, Brian a slot receiver. This ludicrous, by the way. Well, I'm just saying, but this uh, like this locker room, if nothing else, is you would hope strong enough, tough enough and cohesive enough exactly. to bring one of these guys in kind of like old school Patriots where you used to get like a Corey Dillon going in or Randy Moss who had been malcontents with the Bengals and the, the Vikings respectively. They came in and there's and, a reason why they were kind of like straightened out and all that. So, yes. I mean, there's, there is a, a, a culture component to this that you would hope that if the Eagles were prodding around for either of these guys that, you know, they've done enough homework on them that, you know, you can be confident that things would work out. I mean, there was a lot of, there were a lot of people, you know, questioning the Michael Bennett signing, and we've heard not not a peep, nary a peep, this entire offseason. The only thing that Michael Bennett's been known for is only asking one question on LeBron James's barbershop show in the first
0: episode. So that's well, it. Look and right, I mean, now Bennett, yes, all these guys were not equating, you know, kind of any of the things that precede them because I know they run the gamut here. But you know, Jay came in here as kind of a, a malcontent, and you know, the Dolphins would have talked you into him being a problem um you know you got you got Nigel Bradham and his carrying his guns around you had Michael Kendrick last year and his insider trading like <laughs> you know there's actual criminals on the Eagles um you know Josh Gordon's got his own set of problems
1: and you know Des Bryant yeah, Kyle, here's the thing though all the guys you just mentioned show up for work no I totally Josh agree Gordon doesn't you. show up for work I That's, totally I want agree nothing to you. do with him
0: I'm with you. I'm not lib I'm not liberal uh investor Jeff here trying to defend him, you know, because oh he was five minutes late. How can you fire the guy? I agree with you. You're being paid a ton of money. The easiest thing in the world to do is to just show up. Uh that said, you know, that is the sort of thing I think Russ, if you're we're now we're in and we finally agree on a point. Is the Eagles have a have a pretty good culture going right now and you can absorb those things. Now, I think you can Get out ahead of yourself and absorb too many of those things and kind of lose your way. And and I, that's very takey or whatever. but I, I think the Eagles have a strong enough locker room and culture. Uh, surrounding the team where they can have that. I mean, by the way, look at the Steelers. Like, Le'Veon Bell has had his off-the-field issues with, what, women. Uh, Antonio Brown has had some more of, like, his quirky personality issues that have uh, brought some stuff on the team with the video. You had the guy last year and, uh, uh, what was it, Villanueva uh, with the flag thing. And, oh, by the way, the quarterback may or may not have raped someone. So, like, and they have the Steeler way. So, like, you have the right culture in place, you can absorb things. Again, all those guys show up for work, so different story. But I don't know. I don't think it's the worst to call one of those two guys. I'm not
1: opposed to it. Most of the Steeler problems, by the way, have to do with the fact that Steeler fans are about as accepting of people of color as Boston fans are. And that's where that line gets drawn. And, you know, don't at me, but Google it and you'll see.
2: Wow. Do we end on that? I don't know. We can end on that. We can end on that. (laughs) So so much for us not hating the Steelers. We bashed bashed, uh, bashed Boston. Well, you guys
1: finally agreed on something, which makes me want to pull Avante Davis anyway and just walk out of this podcast.
2: You should have walked out 25 minutes ago because that was halftime.
1: Believe me, if I'd had the option, I would have when, when you were <laughs> suggesting that Jason Peters only played, what, like 10 minutes of every game in his career and yet is still considered That's hyperbole and you know it. Ta- he's taken, you challenged, rock, Kyle's, hyperbole you challenged Kyle to research how many games he didn't finish. It's a silly thing to say. And I really it? should have turned my microphone off then, but I'm a professional. Well, I'm proud of you, Russ. Oh, and, oh, and here's
0: you. the predictable Marcus Hayes, the Sean Jackson yes. fluff piece. written one hour ago he gets his revenge still bitter destroys eagles and gets his revenge i'm sure this is glowing in favor of Deshaun. i'm not even gonna not even another guy who's
1: won a ton of rings deshaun jackson another guy is a big winner you know what though
0: you know what though as much as deshaun is is a little you know goofy or whatever he he's you know and as much as i like to poke fun of him and have poked fun at him the dude has never really been a problem in terms of, you know, to your point, showing up, right? The dude plays. I mean, he plays hard. He's, he's not the sort of player who's going to eat up eight, you know, eight to ten targets every game and, and, you know, pencil him in for 70, 75 plus yards a game. It's just not the type of player he is. He's small. Um, but, you know, that dude, I, I, can't, I can't dislike him as a football player. He's a dynamic okay. talent, and he brings it. I don't think, he, he, is, he, I don't think
1: he is always as motivated as he was today, or every other time he played against the Eagles when he played for the. Red but Spons.
0: he's not one of these guys out there barking at his quarterback over the ball the whole time. You
2: well, know, that's your I mean, desk.
0: That's your boy Bet. Right. Oh, it is. It after. is definitely. Like, that's. But Deshaun's you know. not. That's not Deshaun. Like Deshaun's goofy, and you know, like you just roll your eyes at his off the field habits. And you know, you're like, man, you know, is this guy ever actually trained? Like if you follow him on Instagram, like he's just always at the club or doing something wholly ridiculous, but he's doing something right. Like he's deep into his career now and he is still torching guys on the field and he is still a premium talent. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not quite what it was his first couple of years in the league, but no guy is. Uh, so gotta give him credit. Whatever he's doing works. Um, And, you know, I I don't recall a time where he's had a genuine long-term beef with a quarterback. Do you? Like, he's—I don't know. I've never seen him as a team-issue guy. Maybe I'm forgetting some things here in Philly, but—
1: He got run out of town by Chip Kelly, but that might actually make your point for you. (laughs) Because if Chip Kelly got rid of him, maybe he shouldn't have, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, Chip— I wanted to defend, you know, Chip— I think he was in college. You could do those culture things, right? Like you could do the the Jay Wright thing, right? You could get all good guys and win in college with the culture thing. Uh, Foot in professional sports, you don't have that luxury because the margin of the margin of the best team and the worst team it is so razor thin, and having one or you know just one or two premium talents in one direction can really make a big difference you know. it's your point look what happens when you add a Jay Ajayi uh, last year or an Alshon Jeffrey you know you add just a little bit of premium talent on top of a good core and and look what happens so I, I think Ch- you know Chip I get what he was trying to do but you can't let go of all those guys you know you do all one right, guy's but, a statement but you, you know you can't do Wheel Mac everywhere you know
1: before we deify Deshaun Jackson dateline December 27 2017 from Sports Illustrated Police investigating marijuana bullets found in abandoned car owned by Deshaun Jackson. Now, I don't know if he had anything to do with any of that, but that's just not a headline you like to see two, day, two days after Christmas. Can we agree on that? Oh, I
0: oh, believe me. I mean, him off the field. I don't think he he's not a criminal, but I think he hangs out with a lot of like you know he hangs out with a lot of guys. I just read a headline or I just news. read a headline. I, I, I don't agree. Get sued. I agree. I think he's a knucklehead. But whatever he's doing in terms of I should you know. Whatever he's doing in terms of I'm playing on Sunday, like I, I hard to argue with. Dude dude balls when he's out on the field and he's and he's, you know, relatively he's able to keep his body in shape to do what he did today. So the only thing. I don't really even like Deshaun that much. But you know, can't can't argue with that. Can't argue with that talent. Anyway, he's
1: no Jason Peters. He's a much more reliable yeah, performer. He's not taking up a roster He's, he's on the a field lot. a lot more. We yeah. can all agree on to that, Is I'm sure. It? I'll Amen. pull up the Sean's missed games so and I'll
0: put Jason Peters to shame. I bet he Eli played, uh, ni- Oh no, he Eli probably Apple played
1: 95%
2: now. of the uh, of the snaps. All right, so, uh anything else we want to hit on really quick before we uh head out and this uh post-game pod?
0: Uh we'd like to talk about the bet that I had with Phil oh, this oh, wait, wait. week.
2: There are two things we have to talk about, Kyle, that we forgot to talk about. One of them, we're an hour in, is uh, you know, if you're looking to uh, to fire up your takes, you should also fire up a, a grill, which you can acquire via the Amerigas Grill Giveaway, which uh, if you go onto the site to uh, crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas, you can enter to win a grill valued at $499. Thanks to our, our fine friends at Amerigas, the nation's number one leading propane provider, found uh, nationwide at thousands of locations, but also locally at... 7-Eleven and Home Depot. You bet. So don't forget, and uh, I a believe local the gas contest the ends. Me. I, I think the contest ends on the 29th, so you've got about 12, 13 days left to get in. Uh, it really is little to no effort. It's putting in your name and your email, and that's about it. So go check it out, crossingbroad.com backslash Amerigas. So big thank you to them.
0: And let's also thank Tropicana, the casino. Uh, what if I told you there was a way... Get the thrill of picking games and winning incredible prizes, and having to drop any cash. Thanks to our friends at Tropicana Sports, Now You Can. Uh, They're offering Crossing Broad readers and Crossing Broadcast listeners a pick-em contest. This is totally free. You've probably seen them even advertising this on social media. Um, Obviously, uh, the sports betting thing is is big in New Jersey. Tropicana, I'm sure uh, it has been reported, will be entering that arena uh for now though they are actually offering up these free games where you can win really cool prizes so all you got to do is drop count of sports we have banners all over the website uh you sign up it's completely free you get to play basically you know quote-unquote bet against the line um and, and if you win and you come at the top of leaderboards for different things, not even just football, uh, any sport, you can bet on a baseball slate or whatever. And if you win that slate amongst all these people participating in this free contest, uh, they give away prizes. Prizes range everything from uh, hotel stays. Uh, to gift cards to sports bars like Chickie's and Pizza Tropicana all the way up to a penthouse suite with an ocean view for winners of the larger contest as well as two hour parties to a bar with food and drinks included for the winner and their guests. So um, we're using them to make our weekly picks. Uh, but you could also go, and if, especially if you are in Pennsylvania and do not yet, you know, have access to do what everybody in New Jersey is doing, you could check out this free game from Tropicana just to, uh, you know, kind of keep pace and have a chance to win some real prize. So thanks to uh, Tropicana as well. Okay. The bet. Well Yeah, the bet. Uh, Phil and I made a friendly wager uh, last week. Very friendly. That Aaron. Very r- modest. Very modest. Um, I think it was a couple of cheeseburgers, if I remember correctly. something like that? Yeah. Just dropped yeah. off the Maybach in my driveway, thanks to the winning. So thank you. Wouldn't that be great yeah. if I could afford to do that? Not a Maybach. Guy. We That can be a whole separate podcast. I think the Maybach What's they, uh... looks like a weird miss. Like it's like someone's like Mercedes is like, well, this is our nicest car. And we're just going to throw a lot of like 80s style gadgets like a refrigerator in it to make it look like, you know, like to try and justify its $200,000
1: price tag. Yeah. Um, Tell them the ideology and the basis of this ridiculous bet that I lost, Kyle, because that's really where the story is. Well, so, yeah,
0: Aaron Rodgers is eyeing the field last week. Any sane football fan who has seen a moment of Aaron Rodgers would have said, the Packers are going to win this game. Uh, I posed this in Slack. Uh, I said they're going to win this game. Phil said you're nuts. Uh, it was
1: 20 to nothing it was, at the time. It
0: was 20 to nothing, and the best quarterback of all time was re entering the game with nothing to lose. And you know how this works. On, on one leg. On one leg. Exactly. All the more reason to buy in when you have a nothing to lose quarterback like that.
1: Except his career. Yeah, if he hit on that knee, he loses the season. And he's out there, and Khalil Mack has been decimating the Packers for the first 30 minutes of that football game. And any sane person would have said to Aaron Rodgers, you know what, champ, let's take the L here and move on. But, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers, and, of course, he's Joe Montana. So pick up the story, Kyle. Go ahead. So I post
0: it, it and, you know, I say, you know, care to put some money where your mouth is? We go back and forth. Phil wants to give me even odds on this, which is bananagrams. Since I think it was like plus twenty four hundred at Sugar House Sportsbook, the you declared that win. it was an
1: absolute certainty. Why did you need odds? Well, I did, but, we, but I'm not a moron.
0: A I'm. It was a certainty, and it happened. I'm not a moron. I'm not going to just give away give away equity here. Clearly, so this came the, in. Uh, clearly, this came in
1: at this came in at four to one uh, on a very modest. Uh, stake shall we say and then kyle and i proceeded to watch the end of this game uh, separately obviously but then commenting through slack and it goes to 20 to 7 and it goes to 20 to 14 and uh they get a field goal The pack and then the bears march it down the field and it looks like they're going to score and put it away but they kick a field goal and now it's 23 17 and then what happened kyle go ahead well, Aaron
0: Rodgers does what Aaron Rodgers does, and he won, wins that Yeah, game. he
1: throws a 10 yard crossing route to Randall Cobb, who uh, runs take, 75 yards untouched. Let's That's take Tebow, away from Tim Rogers. Tebow in
2: the post-seasons, baby.
1: Let's not talk about his
0: dime to Geronimo Allison. Just drop. Aaron Rodgers dropping names that in. Geronimo. Who knows? Rodgers hit, hit a
1: defensive back between the numbers, still down either six or seven I or nine. I can't believe or something
0: you're going like to die on this.
1: Would have been a pick six. Would have been, Would have been a pick six. Stone Would've dead been. dropped. Wasn't. Would have been wasn't yeah, look, it? anyway. It was a gears. modest
0: bet. Uh, I did you did give me odds as you should have been. I was going to take even odds. They were plus twenty four hundred. I wish, I seriously yeah, I wish would've I would have done put a hundred bucks on that if I could have found the bridge to drive over and quick get it in. Instead, I, I would not have done a, that on one dollar. Instead, I, I would
1: have given you twenty four to one on one. And that's
0: why I got the Maybach.
1: <laughs> that's why I got yeah, your yeah, Maybach.
0: Yeah. Now, like like Phil said, it was a very modest bet. I I put up a a lightly used. Uh, uh, whatever and got a Maybach
1: great congratulations Kyle I'm very proud of you and uh, all I'll say about the Packers is they should be 0-2 by all rights and they're 1-0-1 because of all the screwy things that are happening in this league some of these results are so random thank god the Eagles got theirs when they did bingo bango bongo
0: alright let's all right. uh, call it a show
1: yeah I think that's uh, I think thanks that's
0: for it. having me along gentlemen hey, I appreciate thanks it thanks
2: for being here Phil What uh, what show are you going to be on next you going to come on Snow hours, the Go- right? You going to come on uh, Snow the goalie soon?
1: No. If I'm that invited, would, that I'm, would be the uh, the grand slam, I think. I'm absolutely willing, although this, you know, you made the point earlier that I went from being uh, off air for for a couple of months to now guesting on three shows in a week. Uh, I have never been very good at taking the advice of leaving people wanting more because I'm such a whore for the attention. Uh, so the the answer to your question is: What show will I be on next? The next one I'm invited to be on. That's what, which that's
2: should what. be, I believe, this this upcoming weekend. We'll do a Crossing Broad FC uh, to sure. recap all of the international soccer leagues as they're going on. There's a, a lot of news and notes, including Zlatan Ibrahimovic scoring his 500th goal. Uh, Against, against toronto but it was a majestic goal a as ray hudson would say a magisterial goal so we'll uh we'll recap that In the it mean, was like the karate kid crane kick it was you're right i have two uh, ideas re- by the way go for, ahead for two what? shows for the network okay uh okay. one
0: i'd like to do a show with phil and kevin because uh, okay. for those of you who don't know kevin is like the most pragmatic human being on planet earth Um, like the most sane and rational person who will genuinely weigh both sides. And Phil is like the ultimate take artist when watching a sporting event. And uh, I think Kevin secretly hates him for that and and potentially vice versa. So I feel like the two of you on a podcast would be. I love Kevin. I know. And you guys like each other, but you guys would tear each other to shreds. And I think the other one that could follow this, they can kind of be like a package deal, uh, would be uh, a political show with Mike and Jeff. Uh, investor it's Mike not, oh, and Investor Jeff. Now, people who are listening to this don't actually know them because they're not like front-facing, but they're the two uh, investors. And Jeff is, uh, if you had a spectrum, he is way on the left, like the far left point. And Mike is a is a
1: smart enough he's to a walking MAGA hat. He is, is what but
0: he's is. smart enough to know that like the Ma- like he's ridiculous for the MAGA thing, and yet he still wears it proudly. Um, And those two guys just just go at it, and I feel like it would actually be a good political show because neither of them are completely sensible, although I I do tend to side with Mike more than Jeff. Jeff
1: Congratulations uh, in advance on losing your entire empire. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right. Uh, For people who are listening, don't forget to go check out the other shows on the uh, Crossing Broad Podcast Network, including Crossed Up, a Philly's podcast, as Bob and Anthony continue to wind down what has been a massive collapse by your team, your town, your Philadelphia Phillies? Snow the goalie and will thick be back ropes on, with Russ, yeah.
0: with with Kevin and what? and Phil. <laughs> what? I'm just thinking. Of uh, wow! Shot. Good God! That
2: oh, that's dark. Oh, that's turn. gonna be. That's gonna be the name. Um, of course, we've got Snow the goalie on Thursdays. Anthony and I were down at Skate Zone over the weekend. Uh, He snagged an interview with Scott Lawton. I think he's doing a piece for the site. I got to snag two uh, uh, Philadelphia Wings players, so there's going to be a thing going up on the site about that. But I'll be joining Anthony, I guess, a bunch this season uh, for home games with a credential, which is going to be an extravaganza, to say the least. Go check out, obviously, Crossing Broad FC. Phil is there. He will be there. I will be there. It'll be great. And uh, it's always Soccer in Philadelphia with Kevin and Dave Zeitlin. That's on the weekend. They might do a midweek one, and we are about a week-ish away from the Philadelphia Union competing in the uh, final of the U.S. Lamar Open Cup, Lamar Hunt uh, U.S. Open Cup final against Dallas. So uh, that's something to keep an eye out for. A team that's actually contending for a championship. Imagine that in the city of Philadelphia. Other than the Philadelphia Soul, rest in peace. Anything else? I don't think so, right?
0: That's
1: it. All right. That's it.
2: All right. Uh, let us know on Twitter. Who do you side with? Is Jason Peters a uh, a schmuck? Would you rather have Dez Bryant or uh, Josh Gordon? All these things and more. We will talk to you again on Wednesday as we roll out three episodes of Crossing Broadcast this week or how hold Kyle's uh, feet to the fire. Thanks again. Talk to you soon.